Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to episode number 28. I am your host, Brittany, and if this is your very first time tuning in, I want to thank you so, so much. Warm welcomes to you, and I hope you enjoy today's podcast. So today's topic is throw these tropes away. We are done. We don't want to see them anymore. We are over it. But before we get into today's topic, let's start off with some tea talk. So the other day I was on Instagram and I was scrolling through, looking through everybody's profile, commenting, liking pictures, and I commented on one of the pictures that contained Sarah J. Moss's Throne of Glass series books. In the comments underneath her picture, she said, I know these books get a lot of hate, but I really do like them. And I was like, hold on, Throne of Glass series gets a lot of hate? I said, where, when, by who? And one person was like, where do I start? Lack of diversity, there are lack of sex, different sexualities. I mean, the whole series is a mess. And then the original owner of the profile said, yes, this is true. She gets hate for these things. And I was like, oh, okay. So tell me, are you guys bothered by Sarah J. Moss's lack of diversity in the Throne of Glass series? Now, I will admit, I did notice that there are really no black people. Nahima, if I'm not mistaken, I think my Nahima was black or she was just brown. Unfortunately, she died in the second book, so she didn't really have, you know, time to shine. But her legacy lives on throughout the series. I mean, everything that's happening is because of her death, the uproars, the the rebellions. It's because of her. And I don't know, I feel like that was really powerful. Instead of, excuse my language, instead of the blonde white girl dying and leaving a legacy, it was the strong black woman who sacrificed her life. She conducted her death and she did that so that her country and her people could be free and hoping that it would bring change upon the world. So I thought that was amazing. And sexuality wise, if they're talking about lack of sexuality, there were references to men couples um, throughout the books. I, w- I didn't see a lot of women uh, dating women couples, but I saw a lot of men dating men couples. And one particular couple got that got a spotlight was in Air Fire. And it is the kitchen couple. I don't know if you guys remember where Aline was training with Rowan. She had to live in that little place and she had to contribute and help out in the kitchen well there were two guys who were dating and they had a very very main role that's not correct english they had main roles throughout the book so but i mean i get it you know you're tired of seeing the blonde girl on the front i didn't take offense to it i was really just in love with nahima's character what she stood for nahima left a legacy guys like you have to think about that and okay there was lack of diversity yes there was if if that's what you're saying if there was a lack of diversity there was a lack of sexuality but as a as a woman i'm proud of this series okay the, the only one person probably looked like me but 
as a woman, this book was powerful for women because it was the women who made change. It started with Nahima and then Aline. If you think about it, every female character in this book starts change. Aline, Manon, Nahima, um, what's that girl's name? Kristen? Is that her name? Kristen? I mean, the list goes on and on. The females, the women are the ones who stand up. I mean, even Elena, she sacrificed her life for her country way, way, way back, you know, during her time. So I think you can't, it, it, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't, right? But I, yes, she only had a little bit of everything, but as a woman, this book made me proud because not only did it show women standing up for what they believe in, women taking risks, facing their fears, sacrificing their lives, it was just very empowering. And so I think it deserves more credit and I don't think it deserves hate, but everybody's entitled to their own opinion. And as a black woman, I am saying I am not offended by this book. On a lighter note, Ms. Jojo Moyes, author of Me Before You, posted the most beautiful video yesterday. Yesterday, she posted a video of her new horse that she quote-unquote collected, and she brought it to its new home. Well, there was another horse there. It was a male horse. His name was Fred. Uh, the, uh, the horse that she collected, it was a female horse, and her name was Mabel. And she recorded them meeting each other for the very first time. And it was so, so beautiful, so joyous and happy. So if you are feeling down and you need to pick me up, I recommend going looking at that video. It was really, really nice to see, especially on Earth Day. And it's great to see that somebody out there cares about horses and animals and, and their companionship with others. <laughs> I will link her profile in the show notes so you guys can check that out. And without further ado, let's get into today's topic, which is throw these troves away. So I went online and I had my own opinions about tropes that I didn't like, but I wanted to get other people's perspective and what other people were saying. And so I went on Google, I went online and I did some research and I just want to share with you guys what tropes I saw that were very popular that people were very, very tired of. The first one is love triangles. Of course, I think we are all just fed up with love triangles. I mean, back in Twilight days, like we're just over it. At Awkward Heiress, I hope I pronounced that right, on WordPress, said, quote, when I'm reading fantasy, I want the action and the magic and the fantasy elements. Do you know how annoying it is to be reading a fight scene and then suddenly two guys just start fighting over being the first to save a girl? It's so cliche and exaggerated. Ugh. Now, I completely understand why she feels this way. I'm tired of it too, girl. I am tired of it too. Basically... I'm tired of it because it makes the woman look bad. Like, it's always the women who are caught up in the love triangles. I mean, if you have a, a book about a man who's caught up in a love triangle, please show me. But these love triangles be making the woman look bad. And they'll, like, only thing I don't like about throwing the glass is the love triangle between Dorian Cole and Aline. And that reason is being because, I mean, she be laying up in Dorian's bed in the first book, and then in the second book, she all up on Cole. I mean, she's kissed them both. They're best friends. 
Like that was like a what? Like you make your homegirl look like a little flimsy out here on these streets. I think that we authors just need to get it together and uh, stop doing that. Okay. Women in out here. Well, a couple are, but most of us are not out here trying to be with best friends. Okay. The second trope is ugly turned beauty queen. On the website Writing Corporative, Zoe Nixon wrote, the story of the ugly duckling has been around for ages and it is time to stop. The story of a girl who is considered less than attractive, goes on to become prom queen, is not original at all. End quote. I understand that perspective, but I haven't really read too many books with that trope. I do think I did read one, and the one that comes to mind is the one that I just recently read. It wasn't ugly duckling turned to prom queen. It was more insecure woman turned to secure woman. And I mean, I guess it kind of falls in those lines. I don't know. But it was inspirational for me. Now, of course, it's different because, I mean, she was just finding her voice. But I think with the ugly duckling, uh, ugly duckling turned prom queen, it can mean the same thing. You have a girl who's not confident herself, who has no voice. And she, throughout the book or throughout the story, she finds her voice. She gains strength and confidence. And it's very motivational and inspiring. So, I disagree with this one. I think if executed properly, this can be very, very successful. And our final trope is unqualified protagonists succeeding above overly qualified supporting characters. In an article on hobbylark.com, the writer states, quote, how can an untrained newbie protagonist somehow where they're supporting characters who provide useful exposition because they are better integrated and more educated on the nuance of the conflict fail? The writer also went on to say, without supporting characters, Harry Potter would have never found the Horcrux and Thomas would have never learned the rules of the maze. Now, I completely, again, I'm very understanding of all these reasons why these tropes just don't work for us anymore. And I get that. Their argument was, you know, the author kind of takes the easy way out. Instead of providing a proper background for us with whatever, you know, they need to like a, a, another book before the actual book that we read to give us background, on this new world, on these rules, on everything that's going on, the author uses a character. And while the character is learning, we're learning. And the character is learning from people who is, has more wisdom in these areas, in this world than them, but have not accomplished the things this character has. And like I said, they were implying it as the easy way out, like it's just lazy. But when I read, for example, Harry Potter, I didn't think about it like that. You know, you have all these people who tried to defeat Voldemort, but only Harry could do it. And if it wasn't the knowledge of Dumbledore, Snape, just all the people that came before him and all the people that helped him, Sirius, Remus, the Weasleys, if it wasn't for them, Harry would have gotten nowhere, to be honest, because he was clueless throughout the whole story, basically. But 
I see it as some people are chosen and some people aren't. And with Harry Potter, it was like, okay, yeah, all these people could have done it, but they, but they didn't. It was meant for this person to do it. I, as a reader, just saw it as it just wasn't meant to be for them. It was meant to be for the chosen one. It's prophetic, basically. So I'm going to have to disagree with this one as well. I really appreciated how all three of these tropes had different views and different opinions. And I just want to know, what do you guys think? What are some tropes that you just cannot stand that you did not hear in today's podcast? Or do you have something to add on to the ones that you did hear? And I want to know your thoughts on today's tea talk as well. As always, the podcast will be pinned to my Twitter profile. And it will be linked in the show notes. So feel free to comment and spark a discussion. I want to know your thoughts, what you're feeling. Thank you guys so, so much for watching. And I will see you guys in tomorrow's episode where we will be discussing how to stop being a mood reader. And I just want to give you guys some tips that I've tried that have really helped me out. So thank you guys again, and I will catch you tomorrow. Bye.